Hello. Oh, there we go. All right, ready? Ready. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Mostly Reality Podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Jessica. Did that sound like I just said podcast? Like I was either from Boston or we're like now laying down during podcasts, which I am fully behind. Oh, I love that motion. (laughs) How are you today? I'm good. I'm at work. (laughs) Oh, I know. So exciting. (laughs) How are you today? I am well. I did burn my uh, uh, batch of um, oatmeal raisin cookies, so I'm really upset about that. But I did make my first batch of Muddy Buddies which are always, like, so overpriced at the grocery store. So I'm really excited that I'm staring at, a ba- like, a Ziploc bag full of them on top of my cabinet right now. That sounds yummy. I did move them above eye level, so they are preserved until the, the cookie exchange tomorrow night, though. <laughs> <laughs> I like the tactic. Because the peanut butter cookies were definitely attacked last night. <laughs> 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 All right, so we've got a lot to talk about this week. Should we jump in? Because I'm afraid that at any moment you're gonna have to run out of the building and jump in and do a helicopter. You're you're right on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've, we're gonna deep dive the two finale reunions that we saw this week and a new show that we both watched at your recommendation, which I still don't know if I love you or hate you for that recommendation. The jury is still out. Um, But let's rewind to Sunday evening, part three of the OC reunion. So we start out with, um, and I do have to say, this is not like a normal part three of a reunion. This is actually... They did a good job of saving the majority of the best for last. But I do, I feel like with that, they kind of rushed through it a bit. Like, what did you think about that? Um, yeah, I feel like Andy, <laughs> I feel like Andy was over it. <laughs> yeah, and I actually made a note of that on a couple things that like, and we've said before, and, and I know it's been brought up like around social media and stuff like that lately, that like, there were totally a, a bunch of reunions filming all at once. So I, you can tell, one, that at Dallas, he's high as a fucking kite. Um, and this one, I feel like either he just doesn't actually care about some of the women and just wants to move on because he's kind of bored with them, or he's rushing through and just trying to, like, get to his next bong hit at the end of like the next segment like I can't figure out like what it is but I was disappointed um I think yeah I think he was he was like over some of the arguing which yeah he gets like that at reunions but it was way more pronounced in OC where he was just like okay we're done with this moving on if he needs a fill-in when he gets tired of hosting reunions Andy hit me up because I will totally sit there. I'll keep those bitches there till their faces melt off and we need to pull them back right on stage. Like, I am fine with that. I'm totally game for it. So you just let me know. I'll clear my schedule. 
<laughs> but OC starts out with something that we've been waiting for them to talk about and probably the biggest highlight in a majorly dull season, which was the fight between Kelly and Emily at Eddie's birthday party, which I totally even forgot that it was Eddie's birthday party that that happened at, because frankly, who cares? Aside from him coming out in a stupid, like, heart suit that he should have been wearing, like, on Valentine's Day, like, nobody cared about that. So, but we did see the playback, and I, this is where I thought Andy dropped the ball here. It was right, right off the beginning, and it was because in that flashback, I think obviously the, the biggest thing that we're trying to talk about is the fight between Emily and Kelly. But I think that there were some other things that really that kind of started triggering throughout the rest of the season. I think we see Steve in the playback. You see Kelly approaching Steve and he was a dick. I thought it at the moment. I think it even more watching it back. And I watched this episode twice. I've seen this. Steve act like a dick multiple times. I think that he was highly inappropriate. And I think that that was something where Andy could have dug a little bit deeper into the fact that like, hey, maybe this is why like Kelly reacted the way that he did. Like, why did Steve, who says he doesn't want anything to do with the show, react as such kind of a hothead when she approached him? Like, he was the one that spoke to a newspaper about her. Like, and you can't expect a crazy person like Kelly on a, on a show that is about ladies fighting, like to not bring it up when she sees you. And frankly, for somebody as fucking crazy who I would expect in that situation to come at me with like a fucking machete and to break her champagne glass off and try and stab him with the stem. Like, I think she actually did approach him pretty well in that situation. And I think he really, really dropped the ball because we saw Gina really go after Shannon again, inappropriately, in my opinion, at a dinner with Shannon, Tamara, and Gina that was really like an attempt to kind of get them to be friends. And Gina just went for Shannon's throat in that situation instead of just being like, oh yeah, like just kind of brushing that situation off. And I think he could have gone after her, but I do think that the production likes to kind of paint Shannon as this person who just hates newbies and that's just the way that it is. Yeah, I mean it's like a good record to have to be like the hazer, but Yeah, which is usually, well, Vicky doesn't do it. Vicky does it in another way. The way that um, Teresa does it in New Jersey. She always manages to loop one in that she really doesn't even fucking like but like that can be her little sidekick until she doesn't need them, i.e. Kelly. Like (laughs) she pulled Kelly in right away when Kelly was kind of the outcast and like needed like that buddy. So I think that we see that there, obviously. Um, Mm, Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. I did not agree with that fight. I thought that there was a better time, like, especially since the Trace Amigas are such a huge thing in this show. I think they could have had an opportunity to maybe have a conversation with Steve in a less hostile environment. And I'm by no means I'm taking Steve's side in this. 
because mm-hmm. um, I do think that he was a dick about this and I don't like that he got involved um, and I'm just not a huge Steve fan to begin with no. um, but I think that they could have done it in like a more controlled setting like not a giant party in public with all of the women around like mm, I don't really think there was a reason for Kelly to approach Steve in front of a rando guy that she did, supposedly didn't know who he was which BS I don't um. necessarily disagree, but I do think had Steve been just like, listen, I apologize. Like I'm I'm like I didn't mean to like start anything, like whatever. And like just kind of tried to brush this brush the situation off. I don't think the way that he handled it in the sense of like, get away from me with your drama, Kelly. Like <laughs> clearly they're not the way to deal with that crazy pants. What did he say to page six? I forget. Um, it was, it was something about Michael going on dates and stuff like that. I don't exactly remember it because frankly, mm. who pays attention to page six? I saw that Danielle Staub is talking to them today. Who, mm. like, why is she even important? We've got to do a Jersey episode soon just because I can talk about how much I hate her, but I'll take it out <laughs> on Gina this, this podcast. Poor <laughs> Gina. <laughs> so one thing that I actually found really, really funny about this whole thing is that they definitely put this situation behind them. Like Kelly and Emily are friends, but I think that this is where you see the beauty of being a veteran on one of these shows versus being the newbie on one of these shows because two times, and it, it was uh, probably because I rewatched it, but it was definitely something like I picked up as like a minor nuance and really focused in on rewatching the episode. But like, so Emily explains to the group, the legalese of threatening somebody that it's not really a threat unless somebody else thinks that they are like, that their life is in harm, which clearly... Kelly did not like stop it so no and so but then she says that she did feel (laughs) like her life was at harm because she watches snapped and ID and the ID network which (laughs) is so Kelly it's so funny but what I think Emily missed in all of that and I, I Kelly couldn't even say that with a straight face she was practically laughing. Like at one point later on, she literally, like when Andy asked her why she kept saying like, oh, hit me, hit me, hit me. She literally was like, so I could hit her back. And then looked at the camera and smirked. Like she's totally playing the camera oh, and yeah. like trying to kind of be funny. But Emily is not taking it like that. And is like clutching her binder that she made for the show and fucking like scathing at her and then Shannon jumps in and it's like oh well you did say it more than once and of course Emily gets that deep growl that like I love when people get it's just like when Billy Lee's going to attack Lala later on in Vanderpump Rules she's like I'm not talking to you like part woman (laughs) part machine part animal like it's so amazing. I hope that all that I hope she comes back and I hope her tagline is in that voice next year. Like, oh, I like it. Uh, so amazing. And then, but again, you see, like, because Shannon does this thing where she gets uncomfortable because somebody comes back at her because Shannon likes to like poke and then run away. But here she obviously can't. 
So it's like she like in those moments when she can't run away, you see it even like at the table, like at the when she was wearing those awful golf shorts and she ran away from Tamara storming across the parking lot. Like she gets this moment where she like is like a machine that's like starting to glitch, like a fembot in Austin Powers, like when he rips open and shows his hairy chest and like their boob guns start going off and their heads twist around and like they fucking explode off and like pink powder comes out. Like that's what Shannon does when she's like in a situation that she can't leave right away, but she really wants to. And but in this one, she doesn't. She literally just like comes back at you like, uh, calm down, Emily, calm down, Emily. Which of course is literally like the one thing that if you said to Shannon Bedore would make her grab her golf pants and run out of the building. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> like which I'm totally that person the so imagery like, you're painting right now is just so amazing which I'm totally <laughs> like maybe this is why I like Shannon because I'm totally her in that situation like I don't like I don't mind fighting and arguing but I also like want to leave situations so I've been notorious for storming out of places so like I totally get it like, I'm totally not a Lisa Rinna who is going to slam a wine glass down and then stay. Like, I'd slam the wine glass down. Well, I wouldn't. I would slam my wine glass down, take somebody else's, and run out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you would. <laughs> I do love her very much for that. But I also just, I hope Emily watches it back and kind of finds a little bit of the humor in all that because, which I don't think she probably is going to. But it's just so funny that you can totally tell that they're poking her in that situation. And it's so working. I love it the, so much. The bear comes out. Oh, my God. She totally gave, like, angry mom voice. Yeah. And then, of course, as Gina does the whole time, Gina and Shannon or Gina and Tamara should literally just go jump off a cliff this reunion. They are, like, annoying like tennis commentators in this like it's so annoying like and Tamara actually calls her Gina out for this moment but Tamara should shut the fuck up because she does it all the time so Gina's like oh she was embarrassed she was so embarrassed she said it in her blog she said it I was drinking my coffee I read the blog and she was so embarrassed and Tamara's like why are you talking for her bitch and then she's like um <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> uh, I love them so much. Um <laughs> Ronnie and Ben, please love us too. Um but... <laughs> but like and she's like, Oh, it's cause we talk, we talk all the time. And I'm like, Tina, just shut the fuck up. Like you're not involved in this conversation. And I I said this last night because this is attempt number two at recording this, but like <laughs> I this reunion I've always I haven't disliked Gina I've kind of wanted her to come back I like that she's kind of getting in the mix of things but there's a difference between getting in the mix of things and then being a gopher that's constantly popping your head up like just shut the fuck up sometimes like it doesn't always involve you Gina and this didn't involve her like and she did not need to be in it at all like no conversation at all did she need to be involved in this sort of thing and she did it she's done it all reunion and she's really done it all season. I mean, especially when we see those packages like really kind of cluster fucked together, but like, dear God, this, 
episode three of the reunion really made me like not even dislike her. Like I loathed her. Like I wished that Kelly at some point would just fucking backhand her and just shut <laughs> up. She was like a child. She moved over into the corner of the couch, crossed her arms and like huffed because nobody was paying attention to her. I loved that Shannon was just like, listen, bitch, I don't actually like you. Like, cause she's so one of those girls that like, I want everybody to like me. I want everybody to like me yet is an asshole to everybody. And she is like, and finally Shannon's just like, I, listen, I just don't like you. And frankly, when we see like videos back, like I don't necessarily blame her. I do think Shannon is cold to her totally. Like, and we see that with pretty much every new person, but frankly, like, she did come on really hard at that first dinner that she looked, by the way, rough at. She definitely hired a makeup team like midway through the season because she looked rough at that first dinner. <laughs> oh, she needed like to change her shampoo, like some volumizing shampoo. She looked rough, rough. But like, I just, oh, this, she really annoyed me. She really annoyed me a lot. She, she annoyed me the way that she kept interjecting, but I think that it helped because then we saw for the first time in like OC reunion history, a really good resolution where like her speaking up made everybody kind of take a step and like step back and a second to breathe. Emily stopped screaming at Shannon and sticking her finger in her mouth. And <laughs> Kelly, like, took a breath and, and kind of listened. And then G- or, um, Emily was able to, like, explain her side of the story and was like, listen, if we're going to be friends, like, you just can't talk shit about my husband. Like, Which we have to create a boundary. Why Which I, I thought think, was oh, I did think it was lovely, but it happened so quickly that it also kind of felt like it reinforced that I thought that Kelly was just trying to fuck with her. That she was like, oh, yeah, of course, we're, we're friends, so I'll stop doing that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. But, like, it was kind of nice to see on camera. And, like, it, yeah. it was nice to see her kind of put her tail between her legs and be like, you know what, you're right. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. I mean, it the whole thing was, like, way disproportionate. They're both arguing over who was more disproportionate. But they both were wildly. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so we get their lovely like kumbaya moment just before leading into the Shannon and Tamara fight. And I get that this is like I didn't really honestly take too many notes on this just because I feel like a lot of it happened off camera. Like because I mean it happened literally like when they went to the um, watch what happens live, which was for either episode one or episode two of the season. So like going out of the season, they were still friendly. Um, I don't even really think that they dug all that much into what happened in the season. I think that they really kind of focused a lot on what's happened off camera since. I do think that it was hilarious in the sense that like, um, again, Gina jumping in every five seconds on Tamara's behalf, which I just think is funny because uh, like, I think that Gina is one of those girls that again, wants everybody to like them, but also thinks that all of a sudden she and Tamara are BFFs. And you can tell by Tamara snapped at her a couple of times. And even the way that she really even reacts to her defending her here, 
I don't think Tamara likes her all that much either. Like, I think that Tamara kind of did a Vicky this season and just tried to pull somebody in. But, like, she didn't even go to your birthday. Like, in fact, she was making fun of you with the other three ladies while you were at your birthday party. Like, so, I like, I thought that that was interesting. I also think that it was so funny it happened on Dallas too. And I literally wrote them all down for Dallas, but I loved the, that I felt bad for Shannon because I felt like she was again, trying to like, just explain where she was coming from in a situation. I also don't think, I think it's a bullshit thing for Tamara to do to say that, well, I wanted my friend and blah, 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 blah. And uh, all this and all that, like, uh, I don't think, like, it does, it sounds to me, yes, Shannon was exceptionally needy, like, way needy. But at the same time, like, when she needed her, she called Tamara and was like, I'm having a moment, blah, 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 blah. Like, and I feel like Tamara wanted her to call and say all of this stuff to her, but it doesn't sound like Tamara, like, called her and was like, hey, girl, I'm having a really bad day. I need my friend. Like, it just seemed like, she didn't ever vocalize it. Whereas Shannon was like jumping on her every five seconds, telling her that she right. needed her. So I'm not saying that either one is right in the situation, but I just feel like you also can't expect, like Shannon clearly is somebody who's a little bit selfish, but all of these bitches are. That's why they're on television. Like, so they're all narcissists and expecting the other person to put their narcissism aside to see somebody else with, or to see somebody else's situation without ever really saying anything. So I think that that was kind of bonkers. And I felt like, like you had like Emily fucking doing her little circle thing. Like, oh, she's always just trying to turn it around. Like, and then like Gina rolling her big, like Disney princess eyes. Like, and Mm. like, it was just like, listen, bitches, like all of you try and explain your situation. And then again, you have Gina fucking crying over a divorce that she won't talk about which I think really I think that's common across all of these shows is that you get a lot of people like I can imagine Shannon being like I am fucking yes I'm a crazy nutbag who's a narcissist but you know what I'm a crazy nutbag who is literally crying and grabbing my fat stomach and like filming a show with two black eyes because I got my eyelids lifted like on television and you were literally just like oh my divorce is fine and I'm not talking about it and we're moving on like yeah I, I, you hear I, it a lot about from the um I've heard a lot and again because it just came back on but you hear a lot from interviews and even just people on Vanderpump Rules about that like when somebody comes on and they're just not giving it like you feel like a sense of like, listen, I'm going through all this. You can't expect to be on this television show and get all of this acclaim without like anning up like a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think there's two sides to this one though. So, and I think like I do get annoyed when people withhold information, mm-hmm. but we know that Matt from the beginning was like, I absolutely cannot be on the show for work reasons and other things, which of course should anything ever end up happening between the two of them. If she wants money for alimony or anything, then 
she's going to have to respect that. And I think she's trying really hard to keep legalities like quiet so that things do remain amicable, even though she says that she got her heart broken. So I think that there's something out there that's going to come out after the fact in next Mm -hmm, season. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm excited for all of it. So I think that there's, I think like in this situation, I don't think it's with her withholding information. I just think that it's things that are out of her control. And I think this is probably the one time in her life that she's being kind of smart about it. I think that's, (laughs) I think that's a casting error then. Like, unfortunately, I don't think she should have been cast. And hearing interviews with casting developers or casting agents and stuff like that, like, that that's not fair if somebody can't come on and can't talk about all this stuff and blah 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 like because i mean frankly the women are even blew up shannon's spot about having a boyfriend this season like she didn't want that aired like we're not like you're not talking about your divorce now shannon didn't want to talk about this stuff and you guys are blowing up her spot like it's an interesting spot to be in i can only imagine like because again you you don't want (laughs) to share everything but then you can't, like, hmm, I don't know. Well, speaking of sharing everything, I need to just interject with breaking news oh. about Roger Matthews, oh. Jay Wow's ex-husband. We need, like, a da 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 like, breaking news. Um, for those of you who follow him on Instagram or I'm assuming any social media, um, I only follow him on Instagram because it's a lot to handle. He puts a lot out there. He is sharing everything right now. And there's probably a good 13 videos. He just posted another video five minutes ago. He needs to um, stop. He needs to pop his annex and take a nap. <laughs> he really does. Like, um, where's Ramona? Just take a Xanax. <laughs> like, he needs to calm down. Because, again, uh, it's one of those situations where I feel like he probably is right. But that when you are this person, like, going crazy, like, it's like Caroline on Below Deck. Like, as, as right as you wanted to be going off on social media is not probably the coke tweeting on t- <laughs> coke tweeting at 3 a.m is never a good idea no and he started those videos this morning at like 5 a.m i think 3 30 oh lord uh-huh he time stamped the first one and was like it's like a documentary it's a docuseries i feel like this might be like before jaywa has him killed off there i said it I'm I'm hoping that the MTV producers are saving all of those videos so they can use them in the future. Oh <laughs> my god, I hope so. Well, if they <laughs> learned their lesson with Ronnie and his psycho girlfriend, then yes, somebody is stalking all social media platforms and saving everything. Save those receipts. Listen, I love it. Listeners, if you're out there, he's losing his mind. You have to go look at these videos before they get deleted. <laughs> I also noticed because I actually don't follow him, so I searched for him this morning when you messaged me to look it up. That um, I love that the state of New Jersey is in his handle. Like, thank you, Roger. <laughs> Roger, Roger Matthews from New Jersey, and not the one from Wisconsin. Okay, like yeah. <laughs> not to get us confused. I know we look a lot alike. Um. <laughs> Okay, so the only okay. other things I have about this reunion, which I think is hilarious, and again, I think that Andy kind of dropped the ball, is Tamara 
lovingly, uh, seemingly, because it was taking with, taken with love, called her a master manipulator, which I think is hilarious <laughs> because every, she's like, oh, you're right. You're, yes, oh, it was because of years of abuse. I've had to do that with, through years of my marriage. Like, what oh, is yeah. happening? She just she's called so her a master it. manipulator. Like, what is happening? Oh my God, it was so funny. And then it sounds like they're made it out this whole time to be like, they haven't talked in fucking months since the show started airing. And then Tamara at the end, she's like, I've had a week without my calls and I miss them. Since when <laughs> is icing somebody out that you haven't talked to them in a week? Like what? Like, you just talked to her a week ago? Like, what are you doing? Like, what's happening? Like, I know um, she got all sad. Like, are you ever going to talk to me again? Like, she <laughs> like kindergartners. Should. Like, are you not going to be my friend anymore? And she should not talk to her anymore. I think she should vote her off the island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. We are way into this episode and we haven't even gotten to the show that you forced me to watch. Um, so I forced Brandon to watch Love After Lockup this week it was something that was going to come back on WeTV it's like fresh into season 2 I sadly to admit did not watch season 1 I am not sad about that (laughs) (laughs) I am not sad about that I don't know if I'm going to continue this season what a shit show. Also, like, just watching the commercials in between, like, it is a sad state that we are in at the programming that is on the television network women's entertainment TV. There's literally <laughs> a, a obese woman funneling food into her mouth, wanting to be the fattest woman on earth, like, rubbing her Buddha belly. Like, Thank God I was not eating at the moment. It was so disgusting, just the commercial. I can't believe anybody would actually even watch that. And I know I will not watch that for an episode of this podcast. (laughs) And then there was another one, like, what is happening to society? Also, ladies, I think that, like, we need to have a conversation about the television shows that you're watching. So did you finish the episode? I didn't. So, oh my I god, up... so I'm gonna give away a spoiler. It's fine because I think I'm gonna hop back on the train and end up watching the rest of it later and maybe episode two. But, um, so let's just oh, run man. through, we'll, we'll go through the couples and really episode one. I mean, it makes like is just um, introducing the couples, one of which was on last season. I don't know if others were but one definitely was and it seems like he's the only one that was on it last season so in the order that we were introduced to them is Caitlin 32 and Matt 28 who are engaged after five months and of knowing each other and he (laughs) has been in jail for two years so uh, about a year and seven months longer than They've been dating, so that's special. They, We learn later in the episode they've interacted four times in person. That's really special. Um, and Better than some. <laughs> and so he's in for two years of possession of firearms and stolen property. Um, 
Her parents don't agree with their relationship. So she is moving out of her house with all of her black trash bags um, in her trunk and moving in with her jailbird boyfriend and his mom after he gets out of jail. They met on Craigslist. He was looking for- This is so amazing. (laughs) He was looking for a pen pal. And she was instantly obsessed because he is hot. Yep. <laughs> there's so That's much how that to, works. There's so much to <laughs> unpack because one, I actually, I, I would not go with hot. I mean, I don't know the, I don't know where she's from. I didn't take note of that. Um, I, he's certainly not bad looking. I didn't think. Um, he has nice eyes. But then he smiles, and all I could think about were those razor-like gerbil teeth that have scraped up so many penises during his prison blowjobs. Like, that's all I thought. <laughs> I'm like, to the poor men that ha- he has given blowjobs to in jail. Like, poor them. That's all I could think about. Yeah. I mean... She's no gem. She's like prime trailer. Oh, yeah. She might have won like second runner up in the trailer park, like beauty pageant in like (laughs) 2014. But yeah, she is not. She's no gem. No. (laughs) And her magical nonetheless. (laughs) And her friend I love who is like, aren't you nervous? You don't even know the size of his penis. And she is not nervous but she is curious. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they're, they're a gem. His mother is like pretty much what the fuck is wrong with you when she goes to meet her later in the episode. And then Matt is mad because she's doing all of this behind her, his back, which I don't even how are they, how is she getting in contact with his mother? He's in jail. It's not like they like went over for a Sunday dinner. He's in jail. How does he, she even know who this chick is? She met this guy on Craigslist. Like, I have no idea. It's just the questions just keep coming. Also, why is Craigslist not a banned website in jail? That seems like that seems like a website that might be banned in jail no i'm confused as to why people in jail have access to the internet did nobody watch the following <laughs> like mm. did nobody Good watch point. where a serial killer literally assembled a cult via the internet like you're in jail you should be confined to charles dickens books such a good well, yeah definitely not poe books since they were all like um, Edgar Allan Poe lovers. Um, <laughs> what a good show, seasons one and one. Amen. Seasons <laughs> one and one. <laughs> one. It's just like Veronica Mars. I just forget that that third season ever happened. Um, <laughs> it just hurts my soul. And the Sex and the City movie, too. Like, I just, like, blocked them out of my mind. Like, they just didn't happen. <laughs> um, so, okay. So then we meet the gems that are Scott, who's 41 or 51 and Lizzie who is 41 uh who it seems like they were on they were the people that were on season one thank god Uh they've come back um 
she she never got out of jail no Uh, and apparently he like was throwing up under a tree because he was so upset that she didn't get out of jail Um, he was throwing up under the tree hold on oh never mind sorry everyone (laughs) for those of you who don't know i'm a flight nurse and frequently the radio just kind of pipes up uh (laughs) out of the silence and there's like a sudden feeling that you're just impending doom because you're did gonna you get just, called did you just get nervous that you were gonna have to hop in a helicopter to save scott from vomiting under a tree <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um no they were just announcing that a hospital helipad is open finally after months of being closed but anyway not relevant to what we're talking about so he was vomiting because he had thrown a disgusting amount of money at this woman last season to help facilitate her getting out of jail. And he felt like he was scammed. $90,000. Disgusting. I don't even owe that much in school loans. Like what (laughs) What the the fuck fuck is wrong with this idiot? Like where I want to know where his money comes from. Is he going to end up in jail in season three for like money laundering? I know he's he's gross. A truck driver, which I mean, apparently like I do believe that they make really good money and it doesn't seem like he has anybody in his life that cares about him trying to tell him that he's a fucking moron. Um, So, I mean, he probably can pick up a lot of overtime, but dear God, what is wrong with you? Like, I don't know. They've, they've been together for three years and met on a prison dating app. Um, there's also, <laughs> so she was in, she's in jail for a DUI and bribery, but there also seems to be some drug trafficking charges because that seemed like a really long time. And then I don't know what happened in season one. But she also like she almost got a, an extension on her sentence, which is why she didn't get out of jail on time. So maybe that's where the drug trafficking came in. Either way, she's a fucking loser who's using him for money, and he's a loser who's letting her, which is just bonkers. And so, and he's house shopping for them and their children, which just makes me so sad that there are going to be more than these two people living together um, that is going to have to be subjected to this relationship. And But she tells him on speakerphone, because obviously all conversations that happen on the phone when a camera's around you have to happen on speakerphone, but also in front of their realtor, um, who seems like a very uncomfortable person in general at the situation, <laughs> um, he reminded me of the guy from that NBC show Heroes. Um, he just like seemed like which it very well could have been actually because I haven't seen him on a TV show, so maybe he's he's not selling real estate to these idiots in uh, Wisconsin, I believe. So maybe, oh my God, maybe. He is working for the Roger Matthews of Wisconsin. <laughs> that looks like <laughs> the Roger of New Jersey. But she Maybe. tells him on speakerphone in front of the realtor that she that he's looking for a three bedroom house and she thinks he needs to be looking for a four bedroom house because she does not want to have sex with him right away. Because now that she's sober and a godly woman, she has new morals. But if she had been high as a kite, she would have been all hit gross it's all gross it's gonna make me vomit i think 
there's a reason <laughs> I did not eat before recording this podcast. Like, <laughs> what are we watching? Like, oh my God, like what is happening? Later in the episode, he goes to meet with her daughter who is pissed to find out that he is like, some of the money that he is giving to this woman is going for drugs. And the daughter made me so sad because one, she was pretty. Two, it made me so sad because she like was talking about how she felt responsible for her trash box mother um, being in jail for so long. And maybe had she not been born, um, that her mom wouldn't have gone down that path because she clearly wasn't ready to have a kid. Breaks my heart. So sad. I really hope that she does not move in with these two dingbats. It just made me really uncomfortable. I'm going to skip over the next couple because the next couple that we are introduced to um, is the one where we get a little bit of a bomb drop at the end of the episode. So we skip them and we meet... Clint and Tracy. Clint's 37. Tracy's 38. She has been in jail for eight years for writing fraudulent checks, which Clint doesn't understand, which looking at him in his videos, (laughs) I understand that he doesn't understand how to write a check, let alone write a fraudulent one. Um, And then she's also the, the sentence has been extended because of parole violations. She's getting out in a couple days. And they're getting married the day after she has is getting out of jail. They met on meetaninmate.com, which is not all one word. There are hyphens in between meet and inmate because, yes, I did look it up. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, research. <laughs> I also love that one of the things that they ask on the um, – on the website is the gender of people that like they want to be contacting them. And if it says both in parentheses right after it, it says that this does not um, relate to sexual orientation. So I really love that on that uh, website that they are just friends, just friends. Yeah. That they're really just distinct. Like, cause some do say just women, but then if they say both, that they say like, this does not have any relation to sexual orientation. Well, thank you for letting me know as I'm sure you're banging your cellmate. Like, so that's interesting. Um, <laughs> she was found under the um, headline convicted cuties, which I disagree with that, but I really screaming, screaming. <laughs> I, I, I love the alliteration there with the double C's. Uh, that's cute. Um, and I love that all of the parents that we see on this show, again, make me furious for the fact that, like, I'm going to have to have a person in my house multiple times when I have to, uh, like, when I go to adopt a child, and these parents are, like, not having their children ripped away from them. Granted, he is 37, but his mom tells him that there's nothing that she can do, so that's really wonderful. Um, and that happens on multiple occasions. Caitlin's mom is just like, literally like pack your trash bags and get out. Um, but I do like his dad because his dad, after he goes to talk to his mom in the kitchen that she works at, because you know, there's no better 
place to have a fucking film crew coming in than in the kitchen of wherever they were. Um, and then the dad, it works there too. Um, and I love his dad's response, which was really the only sane adult on the show. Uh, his response was, I've seen too many episodes of Dr. Phil. You know what, sir? You are correct. This, this is an episode of Dr. Phil. And I'm pretty sure that Caitlin girl from the beginning does look a little bit like the Catch Me Outside girl. So Yes. <laughs> does so she there, have a rap album? I'll buy it on iTunes. <laughs> there is a good chance that we could be um, seeing all of these people I don't I don't even know that they're classy enough for Dr. Phil. I think that we're we're going straight Mari on this. Are we Which, like I don't think Dr. Phil's worried about class these days. He got a lot of publicity from that Cash Me Outside chickie. So I feel I, like now he's like bring in the trash. She's such a gross human and I don't even like to think about her because she has so many more Instagram followers than I do and I'm pissed off about it. <laughs> I just think it's funny that like um, the people of Southern Charm, like high society, rich people in the South, are wrapping in their cars while picking their children up for daycare. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, obviously, specifically Cameron, and I love her so much, but she like frequently will Instagram story herself rap into her Gucci flip-flop song and you know oh what now I have it on my iTunes because I just it's just a guilty pleasure Jessica anyway now that I just confess the most embarrassing as, part about myself as if I did not think just slightly less of you for making me watch the show and now you're probably <laughs> <the next stuff>. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let me let me get to the last couple who is my favorite couple Megan 28 virgin michael 26 been in jail for two years for parole violations so they don't ever say like what he was like on parole for um megan as i mentioned is a virgin who's also learning how to be like to do stripper dances via skype which is love so interesting because that's how she feels like she's gonna get a man but she's been in love unlucky in love because men have been unfaithful to her probably because she didn't know these stripper moves sooner <laughs> so <laughs> so now she has met michael um and she trusts him well no fucking shit dumbass he's in fucking jail and again i don't doubt that he's getting a little bit of a handy j from his cellmates but at least he's not banging other women she is so prepared to give up her V-card to this jailbird who also has a two-year-old. So the two-year-old is uh, obviously given birth like the day that he went away to jail. So that's really awesome. Like what, a, uh -huh. like nothing says, please give up your virginity like uh, a dad who was put in jail like days after his daughter was born. So that is a really awesome person that I probably want to take my virginity to, especially if I've managed to save it until I'm 28. <laughs> so the bomb drop that we get is not that Megan is going to spread her legs 
as soon as this guy is out and she's learned how to twerk like Vicky Gumbelson because they pretty much had the, <laughs> they pretty much had the same skill ability. Oh and, no. <laughs> and dear God, if this bitch puts on a macrame dress, I will fucking up Chuck. Like, but <laughs> at the at the end of the episode, we are introduced to the last character because that's all these people can be like I don't I don't want to believe that they're real humans that the the last character on this show is Michael's baby mama who's also really excited for him to get out of jail because he's also engaged to her boom Maury Povich just happened oh it's gonna be so bad on we tv I hope that this girl sleeps with him I hope to dear god that she gives up her virginity to him I want baby mama to be hiding in the closet when it happens. And <laughs> come out and hit her with a chunkla. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I like, oh, it's so <gasps> wonderful. I'm so excited. She can't, the baby mama can't wait for her to get out of jail so that they can be a family again. So I'm really glad that she's wasted two years of her life waiting around for this douchebag as well. I just the what this the the whole time that I was watching this show the only thing that I could keep thinking about was what happened in these poor people's lives to think that they are such losers that they even know what a a website like meetitinmate.com is cuz I can tell you for one <laughs> Before yesterday, I did not know such a thing existed. It also would not be like, is it like a moment where you're like, oh, all those people on OkCupid, not not a good thing. So you know what? Let me just go to meetaninmate.com. Like nothing, nothing like couldn't you get a normal pen pal like I had in third grade that was uh, like in Africa that like what why are you pen palling with people in jail like (laughs) what is happening like oh oh lord it's a lot it really made me sad for society because it made me so sad i don't know that i can keep watching but i will ask you for updates and if i feel like i need to tune in for anything crazy i will you know that i'll hit you with the breaking news sound that i came up with earlier there I said it. That's all I'm that's all I'm doing. And unless you have something to say, we need to move on to classier folks like all of the bitches in sequence in Dallas. Yes, queen. <laughs> okay. So unlike us jumping into OC with something important, we start episode two of the reunion, which I do am disappointed that there was not an episode three of this. Because I think so that they could have about it. They could have stretched this out to three and they could have condensed OC to two. But I um, think that the video montage that this episode starts out with is one of the greatest. We saw pretty much the same montage on Watch What Happens Live, but Andy shows a montage of Cameron nodding, which I love how the excuse for it is just that she zones out and that that is taken as a great alternative for because Andy's like oh I thought it was just you being rude um and she's like no like I just zone out so 
AKA, I don't actually find anything you're fucking saying of importance, so I'm just going to zone out and nod. AKA, rude. Like, what is happening? Like, that is also rude, Cameron. Like, you saying that you don't find anything that anybody says important unless it's about sparkles, dogs, pink, or, like, anything you want to talk about of importance, so you just start nodding out, is also rude. Like, hello? (laughs) So funny. However, we did learn, and again, I think the name of this episode podcast is going to be, like, the things that make Brandon want to vomit. Because then we learn, which is so funny, because she totally is an airhead and didn't catch on to that the fact that she said it, um, was that we learned that uh, Cameron proving her little munchkin husband wrong gets her off. Oh my god, I know. It when was... she said that, I cringed so hard and I was like, wait, you just celebrated on camera that you got his money. And, and, and you off. made Carrie, like when Carrie cringes of something that you say about getting a man's money when she literally only married Mark because money, for sure. We know, we know it wasn't the grower, the shower, that it was the Duver dick. So, I, no. mean, <laughs> so I mean, like when you make one of them cringe, you know you fucked up. And now. Oh my god, like, it was so funny. And Deandra uh, even was like, <laughs> she just said that gets her off. Hello. Like, why did you catch on to that? And she kind of looks at Brandy like, how did you not just catch that? Which I agree, Deandra. How did she not catch that? Because it was so funny. Like, <laughs> then we spend 20 minutes or so with Deandra and Cameron fighting about Dallas society, which we learn that society is like Cameron's like she equates it to like the n-word or like the f-word for gays like she just wants it red uh we do not say that word in conversation it's hilarious and she's such an idiot and it's so fun but this actually made me like her a lot more because I don't like her at all But it was just so funny. And it literally went on forever. Forever. It was so great. And she's so mad at Deandra for saying that she married into money because she is from Montecito. And it's like, she is not from the trailer park. Like, with the Love and Lockup crew. I mean, she is from Montecito. So, it is (laughs) so funny. Did you not love that part? I loved it, but I also was like, ugh, how obnoxious. And I love that Andy called her out for that and was like, um, I can't remember how he worded it, but I love that he called them all out and was like, isn't this, like, ridiculous? Like, I'm from Montecito. We get it. You're literally on a show because you're a rich housewife, and that's why we watch. But, like, you don't have to be that thick about it. See, and, and like I loved a... it because that is why I watch. Like, I want to see rich bitches and them fighting. Like, <laughs> and fighting about fighting and fighting about money and status. Like, that's what I want you to be fighting about. I don't want you to be fighting about somebody drinking an extra glass of champagne. Like, because I think that that's a ridiculous thing to fight about. And it's been done. We literally see it on every 
fucking like ever since Kim Richards got called an alcoholic because she is an alcoholic on the show, it's all we ever see on the housewives. So I loved this petty fight. Yeah, I mean, it did it did bring me a little bit of joy, but at the same time I was like, oh Yeah, and I on. wonder if next season when they go to say the S word, if they're just gonna be like, Oh, the S word, like <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so funny. Um, then we leave Fun Town and we're back to Carrie, who is God honest, a snooze. And we start like the only reason that she's even involved in this conversation is because it happened on her family trip. But he asks about her relationship with her parents, um, which he does like he asks and then could fucking care less like he could totally care less that she's like yeah we don't really talk and they didn't like the naked hot tub scene and then but I don't think he cares because there's such a level of like I just got like a level of fakeness from Carrie that I just don't love like at the end when she's like kind of half like laughing but like half crying like and like the seams of her face lifts are pulling off like when she's like (laughs) I'm sorry mom I'm sorry about the hot tub like but she's saying like we don't know like the face that she's making like are you sad and you're saying like listen I'm really sorry like I did that it wasn't meant to embarrass the family which is so ridiculous like get the fuck over yourselves you uptight assholes like who cares like god or are you crying or like yeah like or are you like the the emotion that went behind her talking about that like seemed of sadness but also I don't give a fuck like so it was like a weird because as a viewer like you don't know like are we sad with you or like are we like your parents are assholes fuck them so like it was just a weird thing and then Andy clearly didn't care because he literally was like right after she just said that was like well as an attempt to get closer to her father that she fucking hates her and that she doesn't talk to for months uh she went to wherever the fuck they went the Netherlands, Denmark Denmark <laughs> who even cares <laughs> like to a fucking <laughs> hole to see your cousin yodel like it was like he could fucking care less that she was upset because he literally was like yeah to repair that fucked up relationship she did this and he still fucking hates her (laughs) but while they were there they they went swimming naked and then we had to see that whole debacle again um and like they did go into like the whole leanne videotaping them why would it be a big thing that like I do think that the Andy played this both sides pretty well because he kind of went after Brandy like why would you care that she's videotaping there are cameras around but then when Leanne is like well I videotaped for posterity's sake like so they have the memories and he's like it's gonna be on a fucking show like we like we have the memory like I send you the DVDs every week so you can watch the episodes we have it it's like a production team that we spend millions of dollars on are producing episodes of you and your memories like so yeah I thought that he but she did whisper like but I'm pretty sure that they're gonna blur it out which was my point when I went on my tangent a couple episodes ago um like yeah they were breaking the rules to the production company by filming but again it's a controlled team 
everybody knows the names and credentials of those people. There's only so many cameras and they are going to censor it out. Like they are a little bit protected in that. And I imagine honestly, like if it was a real place that like they could not film that they would have gotten a permit or permission to do so. So I think obviously I think it's just a sign saying don't do that. But if, if it is like a actual thing, um, then they would have got gone through whatever procedures they needed to. Um, right. The thing that we spent a lot of time on, and I still think that this is the dumbest accusation, and also why I love these women, is <laughs> um, the fact that if um, Brandy stole, I don't know if you caught that, that Brandy stole. cannot say stolen, um, but if she stole Leanne's phone, she would have taken it back to America and gotten a bug into it, which I do agree with. <laughs> Uh, she would have yeah. done that. Um, find my iPhone doesn't work if it's off. So Leanne's rationale of that, like, wouldn't have worked. Um, and I do agree with Brandy. Like, if I did stole your phone, why would I hand it back to you? If I didn't want you to have that phone and I actually wanted you to fucking lose it, I would have shoved it right back into the couch cushion that she says she found it in. So I think that that was actually an opportunity where she and Leanne could have kind of had a little bit of an olive branch and Leanne went crazy and said that she like had a cloning phone, which we learned even more about this episode, which sounds even more ridiculous that it's not just the phone that's near it. But if somebody tries to break into it three times, it clones an air phone. It's so, it's also ridiculous, but I did. I was so glad that Brandy was like what you said, like, if I really wanted to get into it, I would have just taken the damn thing and never even tried to give it back to you, which was my point from the beginning. Like, these accusations are so insane. Yeah, and I love that she called Cameron out and been like, you didn't try and call her phone. And so that's all, I mean, that's all we really had this episode, but I, my absolute, oh, we got Mama D in this episode, which I thought was, again, <gasps> oh my God, I love her so much. <laughs> again, I thought that they could have just, un, like, I think they could have deep dived a little bit more. Like, she was out for, like, 30 seconds. Like, you blinked, and she, like, her walking out the stage took longer than she sat on the couch for. Like, for them to, like, even know, like, where she was sitting, like, to rearrange the couches, took longer than mama d was even out there for um what i got with that though was i was a little bit sad cameron is fucking rude as shit um and i think that she needs to be called out for it more because like she is somebody's mother and if you are such a s woman then you should be respectful of your elders and she totally was like the whole time mom and D was out on stage was like looking off into space and she like even at one point like mom and D said like look at me like I am talking to all of you like don't be a fucking rude bitch and she was rude like I I I would like to unpack more of Court's family and I would like his mother-in-law or his mother to be on the show because I think that she probably is a real asshole and is doing and saying all of the things that everyone is saying because I'm like Cameron pretty much says it with but then it's like nope that's not what I said like she's saying like don't be 
around these people and then she doesn't and all this like it's just so and you can totally tell by the way that Cameron talks about all of this that it seems like she does do it to stay in with the money like it certainly isn't because that little munchkin that she like tucks in a drawer at night her husband like is a nice guy like she literally could step on him like the jolly green giant and I bet you that there was a stiff prenup. So she is dealing with that family. And I want her and her condom earrings to come unraveled and just be like, I fucking hate them. They're horrible. Like they've, I've had to tuck that little munchkin into a fucking drawer and iron his little Polly Pocket underwear for years. And I hate fucking ironing (laughs) his skid marks. Like I want it all to come out. Like (laughs) ironing his skin marks. No. You know you know he doesn't wipe properly because he his mom probably wiped him until he was in middle school. He is totally that weird kid that you see on Dr. Phil next to the Love and Lockdown crew that was breastfed until he was twelve. Like you know he he like came home, like had a psychogenesis controller in his mouth and his mom's teeth. Like, you know that that is court. Like, you know. Oh, I feel so sick to my stomach thinking about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true. Um, <laughs> so my absolute favorite, 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 favorite part of this reunion was, and the very last segment, Andy always ends these things with, like, people's rose or thorn or, like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So for the Dallas reunion, he asked all of the ladies if they could have one do-over, what would it be? None of them really seemed to kind of get the question because they didn't answer it as such. But um, Stephanie probably answered it the most correct. And she said that she waits too long to say something. Um, and I agree, Stephanie. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. And... She that's totally pointed at Leanne. So I think that we're going to see a divide in that um, new fake friendship next season. Um, that she totally um, is like not saying like, hey, stop calling my friend an alcoholic. Then we get to Carrie. And there's clearly a, a sense of delusion on Carrie's side because Carrie's do-over is that she was a little too honest this season and she's going to rein it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, crickets just chirped in my apartment. Like, what show were you watching, Carrie? Like, I needed you to actually have a fucking opinion and be honest about it. Like, not ride the fence and try and be everybody's friend especially the one that says that your fucking husband gets his dick sucked at a gay club like get out of here bitch you were not honest about anything like and in fact like you just weren't you weren't like and if you were like even in the opportunities that you were like where Leanne is like Leanne's denying that she said that she was an alcoholic and you're like well that's what I heard and then you literally are just like okay that's I'm I'm done here I, I, that's not what I heard, but okay, I'm I'm over here. No, like, no, stay. You did say that. You told me that. You said it, this location, this time. I, I clearly everybody, I don't understand how their phones save text messages for years. Do you understand that? Like, it's so weird. They always pull out phone, but my phone only saves text messages for like a month. 
so weird. Really? Yeah, mine doesn't save them that long. Um, well, I mean, I text with you so much that if I wanted to see a text from longer than a week ago, I'd be scrolling until my damn hand fell off. So I know. Like, do these bitches really just not talk to one another? I don't I don't know. But like my phone was like deletes it. Maybe I have like a space saving or like maybe I made room for uh... my, my cloning app. Um <laughs> listen here, Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted more of Mama Diaz's. I know. I'm upset we that only she only one. gave one new one and that she pulled the classic I don't give a rip. I know. <laughs> that's that's my do-over for the season. I want like a whole I want an app that like or like maybe an Alexa app that like gives me a mama deism every time I talk to it. Um, like if you try to set an alarm like your Alexa, please set an alarm for 7 a.m. And she's like, I don't give a rip would be amazing like and then you've got to like argue with mama d to get your alarm set would be wonderful (laughs) um cameron's do-over is that she's gonna ask less questions thank god because but she's not gonna she's not gonna ask more like she's just gonna ask more questions out loud she's still gonna ask them in her head because she's an idiot and doesn't ever like know what's going on. Probably because she's like nodding into space, ignoring everybody. So maybe that should be your do-over. You should fucking pay attention to the people around you. Like not ask Ugh. less questions. You would have to ask less questions if you actually fucking paid attention. So maybe that's what you should do. I also, so we really got to the shade and I love, I love when they do this. I loved it when Tamara did it to Shannon, like, called her a manipulator like in an apology and brandy started us off with she's gonna do her do-over is calling cameron a liar for saying that she called leanne's phone because maybe had she scrolled through the phone or tried harder to break in that she would have seen that she had called (laughs) i loved every second of it because it was totally a backhanded thing i loved it so much because she was literally like I still don't think you called but maybe had I actually tried to break into the phone that you're saying I tried to break into I would have noticed like so glorious not that that's not on the notification screen when like you look at even a locked phone it was so good it was so good Deandra then quotes President Bush and says don't you wish that he was there now yes Deandra we all agree that we fucking hate the cheese doodle that's in the White House right now. Oh, um, the worst. Even even when Texas hates you, who literally bulldozed over Dixie Chick CDs when the Dixie Chicks said that uh, they were ashamed that George Bush was from Texas, and they literally like were on the news like with their big rigs and like big trucks like rolling over their CDs. Like when Texas hates you, you should probably have melania pack up your wigs and get the fuck out of town like goodbye (laughs) so (laughs) then andy uh, leanne just says she would do a lot of things over which is leanne's mo which annoys me like just stick to it girl own it and but then he asks because he clearly didn't get what he wanted out of that he asks oh do uh deandra and leanne have anything left to say to each other so deandra who I feel like got a really bad rap on these two episodes, and I am still a team Deandra. I love her. Amen. Amen. I'm not happy with her performance, but I love her dearly. 
I loved that she came out hard at these reunions because I do think that she had a rough season. And I love that she came out like, listen, I'm not the crazy one. It's this crazy bitch. And I do think had Carrie or Stephanie not been afraid of Leanne, because I do agree that with Deandra, that I don't necessarily think that Leanne has dirt on all these people, but clearly like she's not opposed to making shit up with like disgruntled florists. So I think that that's where what Deandra means. Like, she doesn't fucking care what she says. She's just going to say it. Like, and I think that that's where these other women realize, like, eh, maybe I should keep her, like, in my pocket. But Deandra actually nicely said she apologized for things that, because their friendship obviously does go beyond the show, um, that she felt like private conversations should happen, should have happened privately, not in public. I also go back, we saw the, um, the playback of the first time that Deandra is telling Leanne that something is going on. They've been together for nine years and something's going on. Leanne cries in that. She really forced it. Like she might've like pooped at the same time, but she also crocodile tears get me every time. She did push out a tear there along with that turd. So I do think that Le- that Deandra's right, and I do think that something else is going on there, and Leandra just doesn't want to talk about it because she feels bad that she's with a man with an eye patch. Um, but <laughs> then Leanne totally shades Deandra with her what she has to say to her because the thing that she misses about being able to be friends with Deandra is being able to help her see things differently, like when Mama Day puts her pressure on her and forces her to see things she wants her to protect her. So thank God that Leanne, she and her hands miss being able to protect Deandra. Mm-hmm. So shady. I'm so glad that that's how that episode ended because it was so good. And I just love that that was just left. Like, don't dig that. Don't dig into that. Just let that beauty lie and simmer till next season because it was so shady you know that deandra and her pantsuit totally stomped off stage and she was totally like ma can you believe what she just said about you after you (laughs) said you were gonna sit down with us make us friends again like you know that that's what happened like she totally she like right there she was pissed and i uh, hope i hope that season four opens up with the two of them in a kitchen squirting each other with ketchup with Mama D. <laughs> in between, be like, girls, you're doing the right thing. I'm going to get some butter. We've only got eight I don't pounds. give a rip. I'm running low on my eight pounds of butter, and I just made three assistants go out and search the county high and low. Like, I've got a fourth one milking a fucking cow. Like, you know, oh, it's so good. Dallas, so good. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm going to miss it. I know. I know. I'm so sad that um, that there wasn't another episode. They really wanted another episode of this reunion, but they gave it to us, and I appreciate it, ladies. I appreciate Amen. It. And I'm still very much Team Brandy. I don't care. <laughs> I am too. I like Brandy, and I do. I'm like I, ready. I'm ready for next season. Yeah, I hope that she leaves Leanne alone, and I hope next season it's her attacking Carrie, because I think Carrie's a wuss and needs to be attacked. And Cameron. Cameron's gotta go. I can't. Just bob your head out of the camera 
window, bitch, because I'm over it. I think that the reason people don't fight with Cameron, though, is she's so dumb. Like, it would be, like, it really <laughs> is, like, like, just being mean to that poor kid in, like, the corner. Like, she's just so, like, sparkles and rainbows. Like, you're just like, oh, sweetie, bless your heart. Like, how many times do you think, because you know that that's, like, a southern dig. Like, you know, how many times does somebody say to Cameron, like, oh, bless your heart. Like, it's got every day. I, I, I'm thinking it right now. Cameron, bless your heart. Bless your heart. <laughs> oh. So good. Oh. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Mostly Reality Podcast. I mm-hmm. am so glad that you didn't have to run and hop in a helicopter and we could mm-hmm. really unpack all of these for the year and a half that we've been talking. Um, <laughs> so um, as a reminder, you guys can find us on Instagram at Mostly Reality pod not pad like i said earlier in the episode um mostly reality pod we appreciate any comments on our episodes or anything like that also don't forget to like rate and subscribe on itunes because that really helps get the word out for us and we are still just like a wee little baby podcast like a little baby sparkle dog that we are and we, we, we need wanna... a distributor. Yes, and we need a distributor. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, Lordy baby. I wish you could have seen my face when I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. It was so glorious. But all right, let's wrap this up because my headphones just gave me a sign that they're giving out. So um, <laughs> I need to recharge my battery and find a distributor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Until next week. Oh my God, guys. Next week we have an amazing guest. I'm not even going to tell you who it is because I'm so excited. But tune in. Oh my God. Huh. Okay. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.